What's going on, everybody? Mark Vip back again. Come on, ref. Episode number 29. This will be part two of our Zoom series, Learning to Love the Dark Places with NCA official Brian Garland. Hope you and guys uh, enjoy part one. Let's dive into part two. So, what I was able to do, because in the multitude of counselors, their safety, what I was able to do was pull together some people and we had a video call with uh, this official. And it, and it was just informational only. And, and, and I didn't smash on the other entities that were trying to sway said official in whatever direction. I was just like, yo, this is, this unfortunately is a part of the basketball world that we live in. Now we're talking about water, okay? We're talking about having too many people in your ear. Fortunately for me, I was, I was, well, anyway, my values, my principles don't allow me to deal with a whole lot of people like that. But unfortunately for some of us, we don't have those boundaries and we don't know because everybody says they want to help us. But everybody doesn't really want to help you, nor can anybody really help you. Connect with people. If, if you are sincere about getting better, you will find the people, you will find the people who know the people that are connected to the people who are trying to help people get better. Now, I don't know what I just said, but I know it sounded good. If you're serious about getting better, you will connect with the people who are connected with the people who are dedicated and are really serious about getting better. I told, I just came from camp last a uh, couple of days ago in Dallas. Here's what I can tell you. And I was telling officials this, some got it, some didn't. I said, if you hang around nine broke people, I guarantee you, you're going to be number 10. Mark, that's pretty good, ain't it? <laughs> I'm writing it down. If you, if you hang around, if you hang around nine broke people, you're going to be the 10. If you hang around nine people who are millionaires, there's a real good chance from just hanging around, you're going to be the 10. What am I saying? Evaluate the water in your life. That's what I'm saying. Do you have too much of it? Number two, as far as water, you, you might get too little of it. If you don't have a mentor or someone you can confide in who will tell you the truth in love, listen to what I said, tell you the truth in love, you cannot grow because your roots won't be healthy. Don't tell me all the time I'm doing a good job because I'm not. So if you're looking for a cosign or a cheerleader, then don't call me. Well, don't call me anyway. Call Mark. <laughs> All right. So, so, so 
You got to be honest about this thing. Water, you can get too much. You can get too little. And if you get too little, you can't grow because your roots won't be healthy. But you got to be able to find a mentor or somebody who you can confide in who will tell you the truth in love. Listen to what I said, the truth in love. Like, just don't be, you know, throwing off on me and then like, you know, you know, like, give me the truth in love. That's very important, all right? So what we want to be able to do is have the proper balance of water, our mentors, our confidants in our life. Why? That's the key to keep your game growing. You got to find that. You got to find that balance. Find the people who you think have that balance to figure out what they're doing and, you know, be the 10th one of those people and not the 10th of something else. All right. Next slide. Are y'all good with me so far? Put a, put a, put a, put a one, put a one in the chat for, for yes and two for no. All right, here we go. We're coming to a close. This is short, sweet, and to the point. All right. Lewis Hamilton was or is a Formula One race car driver. He was, he was the winningest driver. He had 103 wins. He was on the podium uh, 182 times between 2007 and 2021. Right. So so if he wasn't first, he was he was second, third. OK, that's why, you know, 103 wins, but it's 182 times on the podium. So he was in the top three a lot. All right. All right. So standing on top of the podium, that final game, that big game you want is a rare pleasure. OK, you got to understand that everybody doesn't everybody doesn't do that. But they did a study. OK. And, and this is about learning, love the, learning to love the dark places and focusing on the process, okay? Watch this. They said one race takes about two hours. So that's about 23 races per season. And you, if you times that by 15 years, that's 683 hours racing, okay? They said he spent about six hours of training per day. And if you do that by 15 years, that comes out to be 13,003. Oh, I'm sorry. And if you do times that by 15, you times that by 15 years. Okay, I didn't do that. But then they also said that, uh, well, there you go. He spent 13,300 hours working out when you times all that out. All right. Remember, we're focusing in on the process. All right, go to my next slide. All right, watch this. This is Hamilton's time spent when I gave y'all his stuff. He had 103 first place finishes. All right. That means they said he spent about 10 minutes. Oh, congratulations. Put the things around your neck. He spent about 10, 10 minutes on the podium. If you times that by 15 years, it's 1,030 minutes on the podium but how much time 
did he spend in the process, practicing, experimenting, struggling, performing, training, learning, hardworking, on Zooms, in the rule book, attending camps, having conversations. How much time did he really spend in the process and how much time did he really spend that he did he really spend winning? Think about that. Think about that. Anybody want to interject anything right here, right now? Any comments so far? Any questions about this so far? Everybody quiet. I got a couple more slides. We'll get to the end. We'll get to the end. So think about it. Just think about it for a minute. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time spent. That's a lot of time spent in the process. Okay. So here's the thing. Somebody got a question. Hold on. So 41,000 minutes of racing. 800,000 minutes of training divided by his minutes on the podium. Does anybody want to guess what percentage that was? Let's take a, let, let, let's take a quick guess and put that in, in, in the chat. Anybody want to take a guess about how much, what the percentage is that, of, of that is? No guesses? Nobody wants to guess? We all guessed out? Five. Okay, somebody got a question. We'll get to that, Clayton. 2.5. Here we go. It's less than 1%. Somebody did the math. Got a mathematician on here. It's less than one. The process took 99.99% of his time and only 0.01% of winning. So what am I saying? What am I saying? Everybody wants to sit on the mountaintop and everybody wants to be recognized and acknowledged for all the hard work that they've achieved. But here's the, here's the reality of it. The majority of the time you spend is going to be in those dark places, putting in the work. Okay, the most important thing to remember about winning is that it's a byproduct of the process. So, so examine your processes, examine your dark places and the things that you're doing. Okay, because everybody, everybody wants to live for the show. Everybody wants the followers. Everybody wants the fame. Every and, and, and I'm gonna tell you right now, you're going to be disappointed when you discover that winning is rare and it only accounts for a small fraction, the big game, a small fraction of the time you're going to spend in your purpose. So what am I saying? You have to learn to love the dark places. And I'll close out with this. My last slide. Let me give you, let me give you some formula. Let me give you, let me give you a formula for sustained motivation. Okay, it's P times E times S three. So, 
Purpose times energy times S3. What is S3? Simple, small steps. So real quick, what is purpose? Purpose is the reason why you're doing what you're doing. Energy is your focus, your thought. Somebody needs to mute, or I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you teach it. Thank you. <laughs> Energy is the focus, the thought, your thought process, etc. You're getting sleep, you're getting rest, and then simple small steps. It allows taking simple small steps allows us to use a little energy and a little effort. Now, I'll close out with this last nugget, all right? No, I'm gonna ask a question and I'll close out with the nugget. What's more important, who we become or what we acquire? So just put who I become or what I acquire in the chat and everybody's gotta participate in that one. What's more important? Somebody said both, LOL. Can't have both. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay, we have some acquires. And that's somebody said both. <laughs> that's your choice. That's okay. But what I will tell you is this, who you become in the process is more important than what you acquire. So if we can learn to eliminate the outcomes saying, well, I'm going to do this so I can get this and just go to work will be good. This is not a quid pro quo. Well, I'm going to put the work in. And I'm going to attend training, but I need to get this. No, 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 no. You're looking for a quick pro quo. It doesn't work like that, okay? Because what you acquire does not make you who you are. It's through the process that we become. So who we become in the process is much more important and much more relevant than what we acquire. So I'm done. Thanks, B. Um, I, I know a few questions out there. Michael, you can go first, and then I'll navigate through some that have sent me. Uh, mine was just a, a statement. I was going to respond to the um, which is more important question. <clears throat> um, I was just going to say kind of what you, you already said it, of course, but <clears throat> I learned in officiating as well as basketball, playing basketball, is you fall in love with the process, whatever you love fall in love with the the process of getting there because the actuality of getting to your goal never happens because you're always working on something. So if you're always looking for a goal, once you hit it, you lose uh, the drive and determination to keep excelling. But if you're in love with the process, you'll just keep working because it's just, you're, you're used to the grind and you're used to the process. That's all I was gonna say. I appreciate you sharing. And I agree with you a thousand percent. Uh, be the next question in, in regards to the the charts that you put in stats for Lewis Hamilton have you ever tried to track that for yourself in regards to officiating you know time spent over the course of months or sometimes a, a long period of time 
not not specifically um but when i came across it um it it resonated with me um uh and i would probably say what we first have to determine when you're talking about when are we talking about are we talking about um uh, tournaments are we talking about um um you know working finals like like what exactly are we talking about you have to you have to give me you have to give me what the end thing that what the end goal was but what i can tell you is um i kind of track it on you know like i kind of know and it's a lot of work i mean i mean i just the off-season workout i do is 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 a lot it takes i didn't realize how much time it really takes up and when you accumulate and i started working out well, you know this. I, I've gotten to my off-season routine. I was in it April the first, April to whatever the, the the date was, and so you know I'm not going to stop. So it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time when you're talking about um, 80 games and uh, 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 you know 80 plus games and and two hours a game. It's a lot. It really is a lot. So. It, I would probably say it's probably less than 1% if we can get that low. Yep. Uh, Avery, Oliver, go ahead, man. Uh, first of all, thanks, Mark, for this. And then, Brian, I had a question. We have met I before. I can't see you, Avery. I can't see you, Avery. I'm driving. I'm still working. Well, you I keep apologize. driving. You keep driving. Keep yeah, your I, got the, I got the hands free. I, my question was, I learned a lot on the court from my mistakes or from funky plays and I go check the book and everything after the game. But as an official that's crafting, what do you recommend for a time amount for like maybe daily or weekly of getting in the book? Okay. So what do you get in the book about? Rules, case plays. When I go to the book from a game I had, it's to check and verify if the crew, if we got it right, or if something didn't feel right in my stomach, I still want to go back and, and, and check on that and see if we had administered it the right way or how to not do it again if we did it the wrong way in a game coming down the road. So 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 there's in so for me in season, I spend the majority of my time in the casebook. Um just reading the different weird scenarios that could happen. Um, that do happen um, off season, not so much in the case book, only because I don't know what the rule changes are going to be. So I don't spend a whole lot of time on that. Um, but believe it or not, I spend the majority of my time on three rules in the summertime, guarding incidental contact and verticality. That's it. I mean, I know it, but still, that's where I spend my time at, guarding incidental contact and verticality. Thank you. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Jackson, go ahead. All right. So first, got a question and a statement. Statement. All right. So I got to meet Brian last month at the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, and he's just as awesome in person as he is teaching this Zoom. And my question for Brian is, during a typical game day, how do you go about getting yourself mentally prepared for whatever game you have? Um, that's a great question. Hey, Jackson, by the way, good to see you. Um, 
my preparation on game day is more mental than it is physical. And the mental preparation is number one, I scout the teams. And number two, I look to see if, well, I scout the teams. I'll just leave, I'll just keep, I'll just broad stroke it. I scout the teams um, and then I scout my partners. And then um, I worry about my physical readiness later because, and I start with the mental first because um, if I'm not mentally prepared, I will never be physically ready. So that's my, that's my game day routine. The mental preparation, um, um, the, uh, the, the mental, mental preparation first, which involves knowing the teams and knowing my partners. And then that's a whole different conversation. Um, and then uh, the physical piece of it. So a lot of stretching. Gotcha. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, I got something for you. Um, I know a lot of referees on this Zoom, and I know people are going to want to ask this question, so I'm going to do it for them. So there's two parts to this. I'm scared. Um, if you're asking the question, I'm scared. No, nah, you'd be good. Um, so I'm going to give you two scenarios advice on both. The first one is for a referee that may not be moving as fast as they maybe want to. Maybe their schedule is kind of stagnant or they're just, you know, not getting what they feel they should be, which is a lot of people on here. Trust me, I know that, and that's okay. And then the second part is someone that is moving pretty fast. What advice do you have for both of those different officials to try to navigate on, on both spectrums? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm up for the for the first one, it's gonna be real simple. It's gonna be um it's gonna be a cle and I hate using cliches, but it but it's real. It's gonna be to trust the process. Um it's going to be to trust the process, it's going to be hit, hit, Here's the thing, whether you win or whether you lose, your process should be the same. If I win or lose, that's not the issue. So now we're, because now we're talking about controllables. Have you done everything that you can do to control the things that you can in terms of, in terms of like my process is the same. Like it doesn't matter if I win or if I lose, because being committed to the process means that the product is guaranteed. So I spend more time on process, doing the right things, doing the right things the right way, continually, continually critiquing my systems. I'm a, we, you're going to cut me off, Marcus. You know, I, you know, I can go. So, um, 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 and, and you're right. You're right. Whoever said there is no, you're right. It's either win or it's either win or learn. Okay. You, I'm either winning or learning. I agree with you. Okay. So again, whoever said there, there are no such thing as losing. You're right. You're never losing. I'm just saying whether I win or learn, let me say it like that. Okay. I'll say it correctly. Whether I win or learn, my processes are still the same. I'm still committed to the process. So I'm continually checking process. So mm, I'm a systems guy. Everything I do, it's done with a system. There are, you know, the body has 10 
some people say 12, but you can melt more down to 10. There's 10 systems in the body. So everything I do is, is systems. And, and the reason why is because systems are three things. Systems are improvable, systems are measurable, and systems are predictable. So I spend time in evaluating my systems. If my because because if I if I if I make a cake, if Mark says Brian make me a cake, all right, make you a cake. Throw a little bit of this, a little bit of that, boom, 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 and I give Mark the cake, and he says, "Be the cake was good. Make that same cake for me tomorrow." If I didn't measure and know exactly what I did to produce the cake that I made that was obviously good, there's no telling what it's going to be the next day. Systems are predictable, systems are measurable, and systems are improvable. So I'm constantly evaluating my systems. And if, and if I do that, which I do, and I follow the process that goes along with those systems, I'm either winning or I'm learning. And my commitment is to the process, if that makes sense what I'm saying. Somebody asked the question. What was it? What was it saying? So that was that was that was that was the one official. Okay. When we go to answer the second one and then come back to the questions. Yeah. So I'll tell a quick story about that. And Mark, I don't know if you ever heard this. I almost quit basketball like 10 years ago. Did you, you ever tell that story, Mark? I heard about it, but I haven't heard the story. Yeah, I almost quit basketball 10 years ago. I, I won't I won't get all into the who, the what, the when, the where, and the, and the why, and the how. But what I will tell you is it was because I was frustrated with not being advanced to conference tournaments. And I thought that I was putting in a whole lot of time and effort and energy and not getting the results that I think that I wanted. Before that year was over, that was my breakthrough year where I got my first conference tournament, but never looked back, haven't looked back since. What that taught me was the processes that I had in place were good. And like someone said, they weren't losses, they were learning. So I was either winning or learning. So when I come on and I, the first thing I tell you is don't see yourself as a failure in the eyes of someone else's success. I'm not telling you something I read in the book. I'm telling you what I have lived and what I have learned. Okay. So that's for the official who is what, what was the first one um moving up yeah not moving up the way that they probably hope to hope to you know okay so so next one's for the official who's moving who's moving fast correct uh, real real simple sit down and find somebody to talk to i, I would say another way but i know we got babies and stuff around sit down <laughs> and find somebody that can help you because I know they say, what you don't know can't hurt you. No, what you don't know can kill you. 
If I don't know better and I go stick my finger in an electric socket. So what I'm saying is it's a lot to this thing. And what happens is, is we get out of balance. We, we become like a, 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 a shooting star. We, we, we shine bright. We, we rise fast and we fall hard. You've got to be able to have something, a foundation with which to, to stand upon. That's why learning to love the dark places is important. Be comfortable in those dark places because when you come up out the ground and things start happening and now I'm getting JV games, now I'm, I mean, get, now I'm getting bigger games, now I'm getting better games, now I'm getting advanced. All that happens is it's more light on you and light will expose you. There's a difference between working a Juco game with one camera that's sitting mid court and we got one person panning than it is working a game with eight cameras, one on the end line, one on the end line, a slash here, a slash there, one move because they going to see everything. So be careful. So my advice to the fast movers, sit your down and find somebody to talk to. Can you do this alone? Can you do what alone? Officiating alone. Well, you almost made me cuss. I'm trying not to cuss. No, you can't. <laughs> okay. Help. I need somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need somebody. Yeah. Um, do you, I don't know if you saw plus, me about the plus, process. Plus, plus, plus the whole thing. Humans aren't built like that any old way. Humans aren't built like that. We're not built to be to be alone. We're built for community. I'm in my life coaching bag now. We're built for community. We're built to be in relationships. Value your relationships. Be intentional about your relationships. Yeah.